So, you want to save the world with clean energy? Make money doing it? Confused about the economic and technical realities of residential and commercial solar, batteries, heat pumps, EVs? Want the real-world scoop on new energy technologies, not manufacture hype? Then tune in to the Weekly Energy Show, hosted by Barry Cinnamon. Insights from Barry's 40-plus years in the solar and energy industry will help you understand the future ways we'll generate and consume energy. And now, here's Barry. I was recently a guest on the Rob Black Show. Rob's daily radio show helps people minimize their debt and expenses, as well as invest their money. Please listen up as Rob and I talk about leveraging your savings from the Inflation Reduction Act to maximize your individual retirement account. I don't often like talking about politics and how the sausage is made, but on occasion it helps to see where the money's coming from and where it's going to on Wall Street. Joe Biden signed Inflation Reduction Act into law. The nearly $740 billion climate tax and health care bill is also designed to cut the deficit over time with some Medicare cuts. A lot going on in this. It is a big package to get through. I thought it would be wise to bring on Barry Cinnamon from Cinnamon Solar. He is the man behind the company that installed my solar system, where after a year, I can say I absolutely love it. It's fun. Who would know that electricity and solar is fun, but... I get a kick out of seeing my electricity bill go backwards and me saving a heck of a lot of money going from $900 bills down to $150 bills, like silly bazilli. I'm happy with that. How are you, Barry? I'm doing great. Thanks, Rob. And happy that your system's cranking the way that we expected it would. Yeah. And in the future, it's going to get better and better. That's the only reason I don't want to die because technology always improves. Now you're in the solar industry. Give us a little bit about who you are. Sure. I'm CEO of Cinnamon Energy Systems. We used to be called Cinnamon Solar, but we're doing so much more than solar right now. That changed the company name about five years ago. So we install solar, we install battery systems, we do electrical upgrades as an electrical contractor in Silicon Valley. And we work on both residential and commercial customers, but we pretty much stick to our area. And I've been doing solar and storage and heat pumps and energy efficiency technologies since my college days back in the late 70s. So I kind of think back now that I'm living proof that if you have a good idea and you stay in one place long enough, the world will come around to your viewpoint. So finally, you know, this bill comes through and it's everything I could have ever imagined back in the late 70s. What's interesting to note about what you just said, it's you do it long enough. You've come across a lot of pioneers in the industry as well. And just to to drop a hint, like to show people where you know and what you know, you once were testifying in front of Congress. Tell the story about testifying in front of Congress, when you were there, why you were there, and who you saw testifying right next to you. Well, this was Congress that was meeting in Silicon Valley, downtown San Jose, and they wanted to have a representative from the solar industry and a representative from the EV industry. This was like 15 years ago. And the, the guy that was sitting next to me was Elon Musk, and we both got grilled by Congress about why investment should continue in the solar and the EV industry. I think what ended up happening after that testifying, Elon Musk said, gee, that solar business is pretty good. So he started up Solar City, but but he did great in both of those. And I'm just happy doing solar ever since the 2000s. But super smart guy. He's, I think he's gotten even smarter. The best businessman that our world has encountered, I think, in like the last hundred years. So uh, very, very admirable in terms of what he's doing with almost every single one of his companies. 
I'm not going to say you've underperformed next to him, or maybe you should have figured out the electric vehicle car after you saw your solar systems. But it is, it's, it's interesting when one of your peers becomes the richest man on the planet and he's in the same field as you. Um, yeah. I think it's pretty cool. This week, we got Joe Biden doing the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. And I shouldn't even say this week because I should say 2022 and beyond. This is a big package that's going to last for many years. What did you see in it or what are your initial thoughts on it? And tell us a little bit more on your insights. Well, first, I finally get to talk intelligently on a financial show about IRAs. Right. The IRA Investment Production Act. But this is a really big act, and there's a, a few things that are obvious to everybody. And there's one I think that's really under the surface, it's good. But the best thing is it's going to reduce the US greenhouse gas emissions by 42% by 2030. And that's going to reduce the impact of global warming on the world. Our temperatures are still going to go up a few degrees, but if we do the right thing, it's going to eventually slow down. The second, there's a lot of incentives for clean energy for consumers and for businesses. And it's not just kind of like, here's throw some money at it, but it's a tipping point where the economics of electrifying are way cheaper than the old way of doing it. So people will make this transition, whether it's for their homes, for their cars, for what they buy, because it's just less expensive. And the third thing, which I think might be really interesting to some of your listeners is, it's gonna mean that there are investment opportunities throughout the clean tech value chain. There's gonna be a lot of money made by companies in the clean tech industry, equipment manufacturers, making heat pumps, making electric vehicles, making batteries, installers and contractors that are putting this stuff in and clean tech services, whether they're conferences or the media or consultants, it's going to spur maybe 10 times more than the incentive money in terms of the economic benefits. Now, you help put solar panels on my roof and a solar battery, and it's worked like a charm. One of the things I liked about that whole process is you'd come by my home and I'd get to talk to you. You're kind of like my, I like to refer to myself as the rich uncle everyone wishes they had that they could talk to at Christmas. You're like the guy who knows everything about solar and electrification that everyone should talk to. Because like, I remember you, you and I were talking and you're like, oh yeah, you're going to want to get a heat pump at some point in time to replace your water pump or your water heater. I'm like, what are you talking about? What's a heat pump water heater? And you kind of educated me. It uses a lot less energy. And now there's be rebates tied towards it with the Inflation Reduction Act, which I don't think is the greatest name. I kind of wish it was a climate name or something like that because it focuses too much on inflation and not on the, the monies that are going to be going to electrification and, and clean energy. Let's talk a little about like some of that silly stuff that people just don't know about, Barry, like heat pumps for water heaters that now we get big rebates on. Yeah, heat pumps are basically just refrigerators or air conditioners running in reverse. So with an air conditioner, if you put your hand on that big round box outside your house that's blowing out heat, if you run that in reverse in the winter, you blow that heat inside and actually you're cooling the outside air. So the heat pump technology is coming up in two places. One, as you mentioned, with heat pump water heaters. And that's a pretty easy one because everybody's hot water heater, those big tanks, they only last 10 or 15 years. And then you get a puddle on your floor. And so you got to replace it because there's, there's like a $1,750 incentive for those things, plus a little tax credit. People are going to say, hey, it's cheaper to put in a heat pump water heater. They'll do it. And you're not going to sell those gas tank water heaters anymore. It's going to be probably less money to install. It's going to save a lot of money. You won't have to buy natural gas. It's cleaner. It's safer because you don't have explosive natural gas in the house and you can save money. So that's one. That's kind of really easy. 
But the one that, that's going to save even more money and going to have more significance is heat pump HVAC, heating, ventilating, and air conditioning. It's basically a heat pump air heater. So you replace your gas furnace and it operates the same way. What's really cool is many people have an air conditioning system in their house. If they just rip out the furnace, the gas furnace, and replace that air conditioner with a heat pump, that heat pump will air condition and heat at the same time. And when I kind of look at what a home's biggest energy consumers are it's for heating and it's for it's for driving your car so the, the next thing as far as what's in the ira is there's really big incentives for evs but you know we could talk about that later yeah we're talking the inflation reduction act with barry cinnamon center energy solutions we'll give out contact information for you if anyone is interested in solar or solar batteries or even talk to you about solar you have a podcast we'll that and we'll talk a little bit more about some of the details on electric vehicles on homes on battery storage we don't have to hit the heat pump water heater thing i think it's fascinating but we'll probably lose some people there thanks barry we'll come back in just a second with more rob black and your money I'm Rob Black. Sitting in with me on air today on the air chair is Barry Cinnamon. You can find him at www.cinnamon.energy. There's no.com. It's one of those unique URLs that are kind of tells you exactly what it's doing. It's www.cinnamon.energy. His last name is Cinnamon. His name is Barry Cinnamon. You can find his show on, on Spotify and Apple iTunes, as well as Google's podcast store, just by looking for Cinnamon Energy. It's pretty obvious what it is. The energy show. It's all dedicated to this. And Barry, you sent me four or five pages of notes that you must have prepared for your podcast. The IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act that was put into place, has a lot of opportunities where a lot of money is going to be flowing. Electric vehicles is one of them. You're in the solar industry, you're in the energy, energification industry. Is there anything in the act that really stood out like that's fantastic or you like this more than that or you would have wanted something else included? Now, keep in mind that the scope of the plan was initially about four to five times bigger. So stuff had to be left out. You know, I kind of look at the last 40 years, I look at look at my life through a solar lens. And so we got restoration of the 30% solar tax credit, which incidentally goes into effect now immediately for 2022. So Rob... Your system, we thought it was going to get a 26% credit. Now it's got a 30% credit. And all of the credits in the IRA go through the end of 2032. So it's a good 10 years of credits. The other thing as far as the, the industries that we're in, as far as the services that we provide in Silicon Valley, in addition to long-term solar credit, is there's a standalone credit for battery storage. So if you want to put in a storage battery to save on your utility bill a little bit and also give you protection against blackouts, there's now a full 30% credit on that. That's really good. And the other thing that's really kind of subtle but super important is as we electrify our lives, as we electrify our buildings, our homes with heat pumps, as we go from gas vehicles to EVs, everybody is going to need more electricity. You're going to need more power going into your house. And that's going to require upgrading the wires from the utility to your house and upgrading your electric panel. And so there's a lot of incentives in the IRA for electrical upgrades, panel upgrades, service upgrades. There's a separate tax credit. There's wiring upgrades. And that's going to be really useful because in, kind of ironically, 
we're going to be even more dependent in many ways on getting that power from the utility unless you have a big solar and a battery system. It's interesting that you brought utility into it. In our case, it's PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric. I had to upgrade many things in my home, including the panel, of which, for the record, I'm actually happy I upgraded the panel because the panel that was in there, in theory, is like 50, 60 years old. And to get 21st century technology in a new panel, I'm like, that's probably a good thing with wiring. I won't stress on that too much, but real quick story on the storage. You put in a, a backup battery storage for me. And it works like a charm. We've had two or three blackouts in my area because it's a heavily wooded area. And for a second, we lose the internet. We lose the Xbox. We lose the PC. And then one second later, it comes back. Five minutes later, the internet's back on. And it works all night long until the energy comes back on. And it's, it's kind of nice. It's something I didn't think I was going to find reassurance in. But there's a little reassurance when it happens. You're like, yeah, yeah, living off the grid and it's okay. Yeah. Psychologically, it's not what I expected. Well, you think about it, like 20, 30 years ago, we had a fireplace and we had candles and you had right. everything was in gas and you're okay. Now when the power goes out, the first thing you hear, you might not even know the power goes out, but your kids are screaming because the TV's off or they can't get on the internet. And so kind of needed even more. But Rob, one of the subtle things that when you really dig down into it, you, you know, with all the solar going in, with all the batteries going in, you'd think that the utility investments would diminish a little bit. But I kind of look at it and I'm thinking, boy, with all the power utilities are going to have to provide to buildings that may not have solar, to replace gas stations with electric vehicle chargers, they're going to sell a lot more electricity and I think even a better business in many ways for a long time because utilities are just going to generate more profits. And the way the utility business model usually works is they get guaranteed profits on their investments. So whether they sell less electricity or more electricity, they keep making more and more money. So everybody's going to benefit from this. And also, obviously, the utilities benefit from getting these tax credits and depreciation benefits. So it's going to be an electric world and uh, fossil fuels are going to gradually fade away over the next 20 years. A couple of years ago, I was in Hawaii doing the family vacation thing. And there was another couple that we kind of bonded with. And I was like, what are you doing? They're like, we got a gas station in Palo Alto. I said, that's kind of interesting. Gas stations aren't going to go the way of the dodo bird, but they're going to have to adapt to survive for sure. Is there a business model for something other than the supercharger? Tesla has a supercharger and they, they say they're going to open it up to GM and Ford and every other electric vehicle maker. What do you think the future of the gas station is in your mind? What's it going to look like how we travel across the United States? I mean, anybody with an EV knows that if you have a charger at home, whether it's a level two charger, which is the kind of charger you have, it's 240 volts, or one of the just little chargers that charges up really slowly, it's kind of enough to get you around your day-to-day -day driving. Yeah. But if you ever get on the road and you're going to go a couple hundred miles away, you need to charge up at, at some kind of station, whether it's a gas station with EV chargers or you know, a, a convenience store. And I think that the service stations are going to start investing very, very heavily in EV charges. You're starting to see that happen on the highways. And when you look at the gas station model, they make some money on gas, but they probably make more money selling Slim Jims and bad coffee. And they're going to sell even more bad coffee and more Slim Jims. And if people have to stop for 15, 20 minutes every 300 miles to top off their EV. So that's going to be a big market. And along with that, you're going to get a lot of a lot of extra utility profits and the electricians who put in these systems, it's a lot of construction work because you got to pull in new wires, you got to put in pads for the chargers, you're going to have to have parking areas separate from where the gas pumps are. 
and it's all gonna it's just gonna spur a huge increase in construction and manufacturing of this equipment it's interesting because reno has obviously had just this crazy boom in the housing market in large part because tesla's put a solar panel manufacturing plant there so the way it works is you innovate and money will follow Coming back, let's talk a little bit about hydrogen. Let's talk a little bit more what's inside the Inflation Reduction Act. Get into a little bit more about what Cinnamon Energy Solutions sees in the residential and commercial markets. I'm speaking with Barry Cinnamon. You can find him online at www.cinnamon.energy. That's www.cinnamon.energy. His podcast is available at Spotify, at Apple, and Google, and more. You can find it under Energy Show. And just remember the last name, Cinnamon, and it'll go far for it. You've got a good name for your industry. I've got a good name for my industry. Cinnamon's kind of spicy and hot, whereas black is kind of in the profits. Take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I don't bring on very many guests on the show in large part because sometimes there's conflicts of interest. Sometimes there's, I think I can do the content just as well as just as digestible. One thing I cannot do is what Barry Cinnamon does. Barry Cinnamon is a, a CEO of Cinnamon Energy Solutions, residential and commercial, all things electrification, solar, storage, and much, much more. You can hear his podcast at Spotify or iTunes. Just look for the podcast, The Energy Show. Barry, the Inflation Reduction Act is loaded, 755 pages with stuff on emissions. I got to be honest with you. I'm not doing it for the emissions. The Save the Planet only became kind of a thing for me when I had kids. When I was younger, I was thinking about finding love. I was thinking about other things. How important is the emissions, in your opinion, to this Inflation Reduction Act? The emissions is something that we, as citizens of the world, kind of have to worry about because the world is just getting hotter. And so there's just so much worldwide effort to reduce greenhouse gas, mostly CO2 emissions. So it makes a lot of sense. But Rob, I would say 95% of the people are just like you. They're going to pick what makes the most economic sense for them. Maybe there'll be a little bit of inconvenience to spend some money on these technologies. But if it doesn't really pay back, then it doesn't take off. And I saw what happened with solar and it's happening with heat pumps right now. It's happening with EVs is when the economics of these new technologies is superior to fossil fuels. That's when the transition happens. And if it's, we're beyond that tipping point. It's happening faster and faster now. It's terrific. Inside this law, it says the word inflation. And you taught me a, a pretty powerful lesson when you were selling me solar system. You're like, have you ever seen gas prices come down? Natural gas. Have you ever seen oil prices come down. I'm like, yeah, they kind of fluctuate. He's like, have you ever seen PG&E roll back a price? I'm like, never. And he says, it's only going to go higher. And one of the big things that I'm stoked about in last year is I also have a Tesla. The solar leaks energy into my home. Uh, doesn't go through PG&E. It also leaks energy into my Tesla. So I don't have to pay for using a Tesla supercharger. I feel like I got kind of a steal on that. And what's interesting is a lot of Americans, I think, who have solar and who have electric vehicles feel like last year wasn't that bad in inflation of the cost of driving a mile because we were a little bit buffered. Inside your notes that you sent to me, you said EVs will become a majority of new cars sold in five years. And California is even pushing that as well as the Inflation Reduction Act is pushing it. That's a pretty big shift. One of the questions I think everyone has is, will our grid hold up with all these cars demanding electricity? The answer is it will have to hold up, but right now we aren't even close to having the wiring, the electrical infrastructure into every home, every business, and every corner store. 
where you're going to want to see a lot of these charging stations. So there's going to be a lot of investments, mostly by companies that provide the EV charging infrastructure, you know, companies like ChargePoint, EVgo, and especially by the utilities, because the utilities are kind of, they remind me of Mr. Burns, you know, running the nuclear power plant in The Simpsons. They know they're going to make a ton of money by building this infrastructure and selling a lot more electricity. So it's going to be a big market. You're in the commercial break off air, and I hate talking to you off air because you always leak some good ideas. I'm like, save it for air, save it for air. We're talking about the hydrogen as a fuel source, and Toyota's, I don't want to say they've bet, but they've diversified, and they have a car called the Mirai, which is getting pretty solid reviews from younger people as an alternative for EVs, and it's a pretty popular vehicle in London, and for some reason, the infrastructure works well with hydrogen in London. Tell us a little bit more about what we should be seeing and not seeing in hydrogen. I think the big push towards hydrogen vehicles was coming from the automakers and coming from the fossil fuel companies, because almost all of our hydrogen right now is produced from natural gas. And so when you make hydrogen, you strip away the carbon from the natural gas that goes into the atmosphere is carbon dioxide, and then you get the hydrogen. And so that's where it's all coming from. The automakers got big into it. The Mirai is kind of cool. The problem with hydrogen and the benefit of hydrogen, first, super dense energy source. But the problem with hydrogen is you can't really run it through pipelines. It doesn't transport very well. So in order to have this hydrogen economy working, you need hydrogen filling stations, you know, every 50 miles or so, or, or maybe closer. And how do you get the hydrogen there? You, you can't pump it to the filling stations. You're going to have to transport it on trucks. That's kind of super inconvenient. But when you look at the difference between a hydrogen car like the Mirai and an electric vehicle, hydrogen cars are basically exactly the same as an electric vehicle. It's got batteries. It's got motors instead of an engine. Plus, you've got a hydrogen tank and a fuel cell that converts that hydrogen into electricity. So it's a little bit more complicated. In my view, it's going to be electric vehicles that we're going to be driving around. It's going to be electric trucks that we're going to be driving around. But for long distance transportation, where we've got to drive that vehicle a lot without filling it up, hydrogen makes sense. But by far and away, the biggest application for hydrogen is going to be it's going to be for industrial processes like making cement and making steel which requires a lot of energy a lot of natural gas and if we can fuel those furnaces with hydrogen that's going to be the solution it's going to take time to get there oh the other area where you're going to be using hydrogen it can be a dense fuel you can put it in tanks and it's going to work very well for long distance transportation in terms of long distance trucks trains and even planes i think you're going to have hydrogen tanks and planes because if you put those really heavy batteries in a plane you're not going to be able to go across country but you can get cross country in a jet if it's powered with hydrogen interesting stuff you're just fun to talk to because i know i know very little like even a kilowatt kind of freaks me out versus what's a watt versus a kilowatt i didn't do that well in seventh grade let's talk about solar panels 25% of homes with a sunny roof will have solar panels. Hawaii and California already have 30%. It's interesting because I was telling my spouse, we're going to head back to the East Coast. And I said, you're not going to see a lot of Teslas. And you're not going to see a lot of solar roofs. In my neighborhood right now, when we go walk the dog, I would say it's about 50% of the homes in my community have a solar roof. I'm proud of to be a Californian, but that's a transition that's coming. And there's Solar City and there's a lot of investments right now. They're kind of a sun run are starting to explode with the whole idea of Americans coming this direction sooner rather than later. 
And it's all about the economics. And it's driven by the fact that regular utility electricity is getting more and more expensive. And one of the irony, kind of scratch your head and you wonder, the biggest installers of solar panels are basically the utilities. They've got these big solar farms in the desert, you know, outside of cities. When you're flying across the country, you'll see these big blue patches of, of land. It used to be, some areas used to be green where they were growing crops, but now they're solar. So the utilities are getting a lot of their power from solar. The thing is that that solar is being generated 50, 100, 1,000 miles away from where it's being consumed. And by the time you build those long distance transmission lines, step the voltage up, then you step it down locally, you have all these substations, the kilowatt hours that are generated and that are delivered to the homes and to the businesses, it's actually much more expensive than the kilowatt hours that you generate, the energy that you generate on your roof. So, I mean, it just kind of makes sense, right? If you can produce something locally on your roof, it should be cheaper than if it's something that's produced far away and it has to be transported. It's kind of like having a garden. Every house has a garden to generate their own solar. And once you put it in, it's almost no maintenance. Maybe you got to clean the panels every once in a while. So that's very big shift in the business model. Of the, both parts of the industry are going to do really well. Lots of homes, almost all the homes would have solar if they had a sunny roof, if not for the resistance of the utilities. And the utilities are going to continue to put in these solar farms and wind farms all over the country. Rooftop solar in your report that you sent to me will save the typical customer $4,500 per month with paybacks of fewer than five years. And if rates go higher, it'll be less than that. And it's interesting because I'm, I brag to my friends of how low my energy bill is. It's like you rub it in. It's, it's not very nice, but it feels good on my end. Let's stay with the same concept. You put together a really nice document for me to go through with you on the Inflation Reduction Act, what's included and how much homeowners can save. The heat pump water heater we've talked about. Is there anything else that you think the average consumer out there should be knowing, like I should be using this because of this act or I should be thinking of an investment? What else is in here that, that kind of excites you? Well, I mean, it's a little bit mundane, but you encounter it two or three times every single day is people are going to be putting in induction cooktops, which is an electric range that works as well, if not better than a gas range. But you kind of look around your house and every single thing that uses natural gas is going to be replaced with something that's going to use electricity. So you know, that's really big. Kind of shifting gears a little bit and looking at some of the other things that are in the IRA. I'm a big fan of hydrogen but particularly green hydrogen. You know, reality, hydrogen doesn't really have a color. But within the energy industry, we talk about different colors of hydrogen based on their environmental benefits. So there's brown hydrogen that comes from natural gas, and there's green hydrogen that comes from solar. But the other thing that's going to see a little bit of a resurgence, I don't think we're going to see new plants, but nuclear is becoming popular again, even in California, where they're going to be restoring some of the old plants just to keep the lights on at night during certain times of the year. So that's a little bit ironic. Thanks very much, Barry. We'll come back with one more segment with you. I do want to talk a little bit more about the standard electric ranges being replaced with induction cooktops. That one has me a little angry because I like to cook with natural gas, but you're telling me I can live without it. We'll talk about that when we come back. It's Barry Cinnamon, www.cinnamon.energy. If you're interested in solar as a residential or commercial solution, a lot of electrification. You hear how big of a brain he has. You can find him at Cinnamon Energy Solutions. He is the CEO and has a podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify under the Energy Show. I'm Rob Ock. 
I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Today, we're talking energy, clean energy. We're talking the Inflation Reduction Act and how homeowners can save. But let me just throw down an endorsement. I got solar and battery backup. I'm thrilled with both. The solar has cut my energy bill enormously from $800 to $900 bills down to $150. It's changed the way I consume energy, drying more stuff outside of a dryer because I see how much a dryer takes up in energy costs. So I don't have a clothesline per se for everything, but I've moved more clothes onto the clothesline than, than in the past because I'm trying to save a little bit of money here and there. So Barry Cinnamon, is, you can find him at cinnamon.energy. That's www.cinnamon.energy. You can also find his podcast at The Energy Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and much, much more. What else do we need to hit here, Barry? We're going to talk a little bit on the electric ranges being replaced with induction cooktops. You're telling me I'm not going to miss my gas range. I'm telling you. You're going to take that one and last for me, I think. It's going to take a while to pry you and your wife away from that precious Viking stove that you have, but I'm going to do a demonstration, Rob. I put a half a cup of water in a pot on top of my induction cooktop, and I do this every morning, and I heat the water up to make oatmeal, right? So I just push on high, and this induction cooktop is going to get that water boiling in like less than a minute, super fast. And if I turn the induction cooktop off, I just push a button. The burner is cool. I can put my hand right on it. I've already got little bubbles on the bottom of the pot right now. It's, it's probably going to be in 30 seconds this time. Um, radio. Yeah, there's one disadvantage of radio. You can't see it, but I've got a rolling boil. I'm going to turn it off. And now I'm going to do something really stupid. I'm going to put my hand right on the burner. And it's warm, but it's not hot. So it's, it's safer. It's absolutely clean. There's no gas fumes. There's no combustion fumes. There's no carbon monoxide inside. And you've got an $840 rebate coming up in 2023 from the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act, to put in induction cooktops. No brainer. If you have an electric range and you hate those red glowing coils, put one of these things in. And you know, if you're a chef and you like to cook a lot, you might be really surprised at how much better an induction cooktop is than a gas range. The electric tops that were out there in the past, the, the red burners, like you mentioned, they were always gross and disgusting. They scratched. I've never seen one that I've liked. I've never used one that I was in love with. You're telling me induction is that much better. What I hate about the electric ranges is when you turn them off, they're not off. The, that coil is still really, really hot. And so you always burn the food. You can't control it. With these induction cooktops, you turn it off and it's off instantly. It is still a tempered glass top. So probably in five years, mine's going to have some scratches on it. But boy, when you spill anything or food, you got this smooth surface. And every month or so, my wife would be there, or or cleaning person would be there, cleaning out the glop that accumulate in those gas burners. So it's definitely the wave of the future. One hitch is that it doesn't work with aluminum pots and pans. So you may find yourself, if you've got a your collection of this old aluminum cookware, you're going to have to buy steel or iron, but that's you know going to be 100 bucks. I've always liked iron. It's just me. My mother had a cast iron skillet that she gave me. What else do we need to hit? And can I ask a question? Can I, the report that you sent to me, if anyone drops me an email, can I send it to them and CC you? Of course. You just send it to them. You know, post it on your website. There's a lot of good links. One of the things I've been doing over the last 15 years is I do podcasts on all these wacky topics. So they were wacky at the time. Now there's links to all these podcasts, whether it's the fuel cell cars like the Mirai or induction cooktops or gas stations putting in solar. There's a lot of good links in there. So feel free to send it out. Question for you. I live in a community and it's kind of like a homeowners association. Will we ever move into the direction of 10 homeowners get together and say, well, let's put in a big solar project and let's all live off this. 
versus maybe individual roofs? Are we set up more for individual roofs? Will we ever go community colleges? Where do we go with all this energy in your opinion? So you hit on a really good topic called community solar, and, and yeah. that's a way for apartment dwellers to put you know solar in a big parking lot or a community, like you said. And there may be there may be a parking area, whatever, just a lot of space. You could all chip in and do that. There are some states where it's working really well. California, it's not working well at all. And the reason is that when you put in community solar, not the utilities don't get the revenue from that. So there are laws that the utilities put in place that prevent people from kind of teaming up together and putting in that community solar. The utilities would like to install that and own it, but then you don't get the economic benefits. So there's a bill that Newsom's considering signing this year that would make community solar more popular in California by overruling some of those bad utility regulations that restrict it. Other states like Minnesota, they're doing terrifically well with community solar. So it's a really good option, totally technically feasible, but you got these regulations that, that have been in place over the past 50 years that restrict something that makes sense so that the utility can continue to benefit by generating their own power. Do you remember the first time you saw like a solar calculator or maybe a solar stop sign, a blinking light in the, and you're like, that's cute. I bet it won't scale very well. It's probably scaled way better than you thought, way better than I thought. What do you think the future for some of these projects are? Are you seeing any big breakthroughs? I think Tesla talks about the the million mile battery. Are the breakthroughs still happening? You see the breakthroughs that are announced. It's really exciting. And then it takes 10 years for those breakthroughs to actually get into production. So the solar panels that I installed 20 years ago had a 13 or 14% efficiency. Now the ones that we're putting in now have a 21 to 23% efficiency. So it's kind of gradual improvements. The same thing's going to happen with batteries. They're going to get more and more power dense, less and less expensive, but it's going to take time. Evolution. It's a slow evolution. It's not just a dramatic boom. Somebody comes up with a brilliant idea and drops down. You think about how long it took for Tesla to really become popular. Elon Musk was plugging away for 10 years before he came hit. Thanks very much. Barry Cinnamon, I'm going to plug in and we're going to get out and call it a show. We'll have you back on on a quarterly basis whenever there's a breakthrough, drop me an email. If people would like a copy of your Inflation Reduction Act, what's included and how much homeowners can save, it's nice. It's a nice cheat sheet. It's three or four pages long. It's good stuff. It's The Energy Show. It's Barry Cinnamon. You can find him in podcast at The Energy Show on Spotify and Apple, as well as Google podcast stores. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for tuning in to this week's energy show. Barry wants everyone to benefit from clean energy. So if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at cinnamon.energy and listen to the podcasts.